0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends.
1: When I brought him on back in late March, early April, I thought, look, at, we'll be talking to this man on and off. He's virtually been with us every Tuesday at this time. And today, well, there's only one question in town. Level five all round for six weeks. He's head of the, the Department of Biology and Director of Human Health Research Institute at the University. Professor Paul Moyner, welcome again. Hi, Jerry. Good to chat. Well, can I tell you a little secret? I... Sat down to watch Mihal last night on the news, and I filled a big glass of Madagascar Coca Cola and I <laughs> stuffed it with ice. I took out a packet of King Crisps and I munched them, and I had a packet of Princess, you know, the squashy mallows, the pink and the white ones beside yeah. me, and I ate the whole lot just to ready myself for the next while.
0: You weren't tempted for something stronger, Jerry, were you? <laughs> <laughs> have prepare yourself,
1: I think oh Paul, Paul, what do you say to me today? Look at you've been a man and I've listened to you over the the last number of months talking to us that when it comes to these total restrictions and we're back to square one when you talk about where we're going, you're not a fan no
0: I'm not I'm not a fan Jerry I think you know we over the last number of weeks there was this plan in terms of these five levels, and it was sort of entitled sort of living with COVID. I don't think this is living with the virus at all. I'm just confused I guess, Jerry. I'm not sure what what the logic or strategy is. So we're going to close down for six weeks. We're going to open up in December. Really seems to me to be just completely built around trying to open up for Christmas, knowing then that the numbers are going to go up again in January. So at a time when, if I said of anything, and I, and I wouldn't be a fan, Jerry, but I said if there's going to be a lockdown, probably a natural lockdown period probably would be Christmas when most companies in that lockdown. Whereas we're locking down now, we're going to open up in December at time when we usually close down. Then numbers going to go up. And you can just imagine that if we we'll even open up, I'm not convinced even we'll open up in December, Jerry, for reasons we can chat about, but um, you can imagine the activity the mixing, people are just going to be, you know, in terms of social distancing, Yes, you know, crowded shops, pubs. I, I just, I just, it does not make any sense to me at all. And that, if anything, this is just going to promote even more spread and more spikes and another wave. And so it just doesn't make any Sense I, just, I just can't understand yes. the logic behind the proposal. Yeah,
1: and, and, and we're all sitting here. Well, a lot of us are. And I, I know, look, there's massive concern with the numbers. ICU. see uh, These numbers continue to rise. Can you see that as well, that there's a fear that just our health service could be overwhelmed?
0: Yeah, I, 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 I can absolutely appreciate that. If, say, and even though I wouldn't be a fan of uh, lockdowns, one of the things lockdowns probably does give you, it probably does buy you a little bit of time. And, mm. But we locked down for so many months. Earlier in the year. So, if that bought us time, it bought us time to do th- two things. It bought us to try to enhance our test and trace system. And what did we do? We actually stood it down. At a time when we should be building and preparing for these months, we actually essentially stood it down. And then the next thing was in terms of building up capacity. And, and essentially, we're looking at a situation. And this is not to downplay, Jerry, in terms of how serious the virus is. Obviously, is a very serious virus, and especially in terms of to certain uh, groups. But we're looking at closing down the country with like what, 30 people in ICU. So it just seems completely, you know, lack of planning, not using previous lockdowns, even if there's some strategy in terms of to say that this lockdown for the next six weeks, we're going to use that time to do something. But even at the end of Medford's letter to the government in terms of proposing this, they said they would think about the strategy in the next few weeks which just does not make any sense at all. So we're going into a lockdown period not knowing what our strategy is going to be at the end of it. So I just do not... It it doesn't make any sense to me at all. So I'm, just, I'm confused, Gary, let's say.
1: Yeah, well, if you are, then I'm really worried. I'm more worried than I was. Here's the thing. What would you do? If you had the say today, what would you have done?
0: So, so first of all, I think what I would have done, when I look at the virus now, and I think to some extent... Because it's a new virus, sometimes we're sort of saying, "Okay, we know nothing about this virus, but the name gives us a hint in terms of it's a coronavirus. So what do other coronaviruses do? And other coronaviruses, Jerry, there's a big seasonal element to them. So you remember back in March when we locked down and then almost across Europe, we had these sort of similar peaks, probably irrespective of the degree of lockdown. And then March, April, the peak came down. We continued the lockdown. Other countries opened up and the numbers didn't increase. And then eventually we released the lockdown. Um, But, and then we released the lockdown and then numbers began to increase now in the last uh, number of weeks. This is typically how a coronavirus uh, behaves if it shows seasonal patterns. So you tend to have flus, you know, cold viruses that tend to appear in these months. So one of the things I think were absolutely, I think a contributing factor has been in terms of the collective buy-in the social distancing, and I think obviously we probably haven't been as good, as, but all of the focus has been around that and trying to ensure that and now close down the country, not taking into account at all that if there is a seasonal element, which seems to be the case, these months is when the virus transmits best. That's going to increase the R value by itself, irrespective, not irrespective, but that's an additional factor beyond how we're complying or not with social distancing. Why does it transmit better in these months? And a lot of it's got to do with the fact that cold temperature is better for transmission. When we go in in the evening time and our houses are heated up and they're sort of hermatically sealed, you know, the humidity is way, way down. These are good, rich environments for the spread of the virus. Yet there's no focus on that in terms of maybe trying to help in those areas. So one of the things I probably would have done, Jerry, is early on, I was a big supporter of opening up earlier during the summer. I I think there would be little or no risk there. And I think, you know, if you look at other countries that opened up, numbers didn't go up. I think that period should have been used. So rather than closing down the entire country, the next six weeks, I think this morning I heard, it's going to cost $1.2 Why wasn't that amount of money even invested earlier, not only in terms of acute fixing of our hospitals and ICU capacity, but even sort of in a longer term uh, basis? Why was more support in terms of enhancing, augmenting our health system. It's almost we've got to the situation where this is our Achilles heel and our whole strategy is based around protecting our health system, whereas the health system should be there to protect us. So it's just completely back to front. And I just am at a loss as to why time has not been used during the summer. And now we're going to repeat that again going into a six-week lockdown with absolutely no plans in terms of what we're going to use that time for, apart from trying to reduce case numbers, but with no strategy in place. So that—that's what disappoints
1: me. George. Oh, I, I despair as I listen to your words. That's all I can say. And like I—I've like so many others listening today have done their very best. You know, there's an awful lot of people who've lived by all of the dictats that have come down. Look you'll be answered by politicians and the HSE to say, well, you know, where are we going to get the people to staff, you know, these additional ICU beds and extra, uh, you know, places in hospitals that we need? How do you respond to that?
0: So, I'd like to see, like, this is not going to be fixed overnight, but at least I'd like to see some strategy, some plan in place. But even, for example, around the winter plan, I think 600 million was put into the winter plan. And in terms of new ICU beds... But then we had, uh, you know, intensive care consultants basically say to actually put them into practice, because as you rightfully say, Jerry, it's not only putting beds in place; it's all of the staffing, the very significant staffings uh, around that. Um, But that would take another six months. So you're coming in with a winter plan in terms of increasing ICU beds, and to actually make that and to realise that, actually it would probably take a number of months. So planning needs to be in advance. So it just seems to be that... We're reactive all of the time. We seem to be on the back foot. I know this sounds like it's coming across as being very critical, but it just disappoints me that I don't see sort of a strategy that we can all buy into. Of course, we're all going to like it here and obviously help as much as possible for the collective good in terms of buying into this and obeying the rules and things like that. But you'd like to see more. And again, I come back to this point, Jerry, I wouldn't be so concerned if the lockdown did not have a cost or risks. There's enormous costs and risks associated with the lockdowns. And that's I, I, it, it's almost that we focus so much now on COVID, yeah. that non-COVID healthcare, um, you know, mm. the economic uh, perspective. Um, and I think to some degree, Jerry, like there was a lot of positivity, I think last week around the budget. People felt that there was, you know, it, it almost provided sort of a comfort blanket. But I think we also have to accept that at some stage that's going to have to be paid back, and the people who are going to be paying back are young people, and the people who who lose most from lockdowns are the poorest people and also young people. They're the people who are going to lose out most, and you know some of the factories will they open up again? So, you know, whilst you know the pandemic, unemployment payment, things like that does provide some sort of comfort in the long term if businesses aren't going to reopen and they're unemployed and things like that. So. I just I I feel for that cohort, session. Yeah. I feel for the younger
1: people. Mm. Um well off. So look, uh, there's a, a a big rethink needed, there's more advanced planning needed, there's more thought needed. I'm listening to all you're saying going into this and you're making that call today. Look, so as we don't actually finish on a complete downer because I I can see nothing, honestly, and I know I know you are. You've said it there that people are going to do their best, and I know everybody is. But here's a couple of things. At least the schools are going to continue, uh, provided the teachers' unions are satisfied there. But I hope uh, they do their best, and I'm sure they will to keep the schools open because they are frontline workers, and it's uh, like people in hospitals, and that as well. If they said tomorrow, well, look at we have a bit of risk here, maybe we leave the hospitals. That can't be done. Teachers are in the same boat. I have to say, essential. But Paul one thing I wanted to mention today. Pfizer have come out last weekend and again in recent days and said, it looks like we will be applying for a license in the United States to put a vaccine out there. Is this the panacea? Is this what this is all about? Suppress, open up, suppress, open up until the vaccine comes.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's certainly the strategy now. And I think, there is, I think there will be good news on the vaccine front. Certainly, I think by the end of November, Jerry, there's going to be we're going to have readouts of the data, phase three trials and a number of the vaccines. I'd be quite hopeful there. I and mean, you know, if you're looking for good news, I think there probably will be good news. I don't think it's the silver bullet and uh, for a number of reasons. One is the bar to get what we call sterilising immunity with a vaccine. So that's a vaccine that prevents you from getting in infected. That's a very high bar. And if you look at even some of the animal studies with some of these it would suggest that that may be beyond, you know, what, what we will get. But what they'll probably do is they'll probably stop you getting very sick, which, again, is really good. And that's some of the readouts for a number of these trials. Does it give you protection? Does it stop you getting very sick? And in terms of what would be a success or not, it would be at least a 50% protection. So it would protect 50% of the people. But let me give you some numbers there, Jerry. So let's say in the morning there was a new vaccine and the vaccine works. We already know from surveys that a third of the people said they probably wouldn't take the vaccine initially then children have been involved in these trials. So it's unlikely children are going to be vaccinated early on. Then, best case, we're probably down to maybe less than 50% who will get vaccinated. Will they have access to the, because the vaccine will be prioritised for older people, probably those at risk, for example, healthcare workers. So we will be able to get access to vaccinate 50% of our population. And if we are, if it's 50% effective, that means we're down to about 20, 25% of the population protected. So is that close, Will that give us herd immunity? Probably not. So I think it's going to help. Vaccines will help enormously. I don't think it's going to be the silver bullet. I don't think it's going to eradicate the virus. So I think with time, and I think I've said this to be before, Jerry, that we're probably going to end up with this virus where it becomes endemic and probably seasonal like some of the other viruses. Yes. And hopefully, you know, through vaccines over time, we will get this protection. So it will probably become a little bit like the flu at the moment. Obviously, it's much more serious than the flu especially in terms of letality rate. So I'd be hopeful there. I think there's lots to look forward to now in terms of, and I don't subscribe to this notion, Jerry. Some people are sort of saying we're never going to get back to normal. I, I don't agree with that at all. I think we're very adaptable in terms of if we get good news, if you begin to see improvements and things like that and getting back to normal life, I think we can adapt back to what we knew before this happened. And I think that will come with time. So I'd, I'd be Probably more optimistic uh, than most in that sense, so, but but it's just trying to manage that situation mm. until we get the help of something like like a vaccine.
1: Paul, thank you indeed for uh, that uh, very honest analysis today, and I'm the hope.
0: You too
1: much never. Ah, uh, no, not at all, not at all. We want to hear, we want to hear alternate yeah. voices as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's very important because uh, uh, this is a, a serious situation, as you said, and we wouldn't uh, take away from it at all. But it's great to hear your point of view, and thanks for giving us the wee lift with the vaccine, with uh, parameters there at the end of our conversation. Paul, always appreciate your company.
0: Thanks very much,
1: Siri. Thank you, indeed, Professor Paul Miner. There,
0: a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times.